G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. G'day and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. Matt G's with you and a reminder you can hear the summer series of 2020 every weekday on the Vision Radio Network in the west from 8am, in Queensland from 10 and the eastern summer states from 11 Now, emergency service workers have some of the most emotionally draining professions in the workplace, but they're vital to keeping our communities comfortable and safe, so we can't do without them. One person who sees firsthand the difficulties some of these workers face is Reverend Glenn Renton. He's one of the volunteer chaplains to the Ambulance Service of New South Wales, and I spoke to Glenn around this time last year about emergency services, how they deal with it, and chaplaincy in general. Glenn, can you give us an understanding firstly of how long have you been uh, an emergency services chaplain and and what does that involve? I commenced uh, almost nine years ago as a chaplain in uh, the Ambulance Service of New South Wales. Part of the role of the chaplain is to provide pastoral and spiritual care to the staff of the ambulance service, patients, patients, families and uh, eyewitnesses to incidents that happen in the day-to-day life. Okay. So what are some of the things that that, that actually involves? Does it uh, involve sort of like, um, I guess counselling is the wrong word because as, as a you know a religious minister, you're not actually necessarily a trained counsellor uh, and that's very distinct from pastoral care, but does it involve some aspect of pastoral counselling, to use a, a better term? Yes, it does provide some confidential individual counselling to the paramedics in particular. That also involves some form of counselling to the bystanders, even patients and their families. Okay. What are some of the the ways that you actually encounter that? I mean, do do people generally tend to seek out a chaplain's presence or is the chaplain uh, called out to the scene, for example, in a a fairly serious car accident or something like that? Is there a call out for a chaplain to, to come and be present for both the paramedics and the eyewitnesses? Yes. The chaplains are actually part of the ambulance staff support services, which include peer support officers, grievance grievance contact officers, and the employee assistance program. And we're all part of that staff support. Most paramedics will ring the chaplain on the side and say, chaplain, can I have a chat? And then we work out whether we have a chat on the phone or we actually meet for a coffee somewhere in some coffee shop because, as we know, some paravenics like their um, kappa um, coffee. Mm. And we then uh, sit down and or over the phone uh, work out what is going on and provide that uh, pastoral care, spiritual support and, in some cases, that confidential individual counselling. Mm, okay. 
So uh, why do you see the role as chaplain, not just because of those reasons of being able to provide that sort of, uh, I guess, conversation and a listening ear, but why do you personally think that having a chaplain as part of the emergency services is so essential? It gives a different dimension to the care. I have a um, mug that says, uh, serving those who serve others. And that's part of the role. As a lot of people say to paramedics, oh, you must see a lot. Yes, they do. And there are times when they need to unburden. Some of them don't like to see a, a professional person. Sometimes they just want to sit down and just have a good chat. And so part of that role is uh, being a listening ear. And I was called into ministry as part of a, a pastoral ministry to listen and to see, uh, most of the time keep my mouth shut, but to provide that listening ear for people. And over the past uh, almost nine years, it's been a tremendous opportunity to do that. Mm. What sort of led you into being involved as an ambulance chaplain, though? You're a Uniting Church minister based, obviously, in New South Wales, but what is it that sort of led you from the day-to-day life of looking after a congregation or, or other matters related to ministry that found yourself being a chaplain to the ambulance service? Well, part of it started back when I was doing my theological uh, college training. I did a my CPE, my clinical pastoral education, 400 hours at Royal North Shore Hospital. And that was a wonderful opportunity to experience chaplaincy. And then throughout the time when I was the minister at Blacktown Uniting Church, the hospital was next door, so I was involved in the chaplaincy team. When I moved down to Karangbar, I was part of the chaplaincy team there. And then when I moved up here to... Uh, Thornley Hillcrest, I'm part of the chaplaincy team at Hornsby Gringai Hospital. And so there was this movement and the senior chaplain at the time was looking for some more chaplains in the Sydney metropolitan area. So I put my hand up and I went through uh, the interview and from there I started just after the waterfall uh, incident in New South Wales. Now, of recent times, uh, you mentioned to me before we went on air that you've actually been involved firsthand in helping, obviously, not only paramedics, but family members cope after the tragic death of a paramedic on duty at Christmas time. What sort of emotions uh, are running through people at that time? It, it can't be an easy time for both chaplain or for the, uh, the the person who's getting the pastoral care, can it? It's a very hard road. In this situation where the paramedic was tragically killed on duty, it affected his colleagues, it affected those that he worked with, his family, the extended family, and it just actually hit not only in the Sydney metropolitan area, it went out into the country and it actually went right round Australia and even colleagues from New Zealand who the paramedic had worked with and they were all affected. And so part of that role was to work with and just sit and just listen to people grieve. Mm. And they kept asking the question, why? And that's always a question that sometimes is very hard to answer. But just by being present, by being that, um, bringing that God's presence into that situation just enables people to, to just share where they're at. 
What sort of reaction do you get from the God questions, I, I guess? Is it a, always a matter of how can a God that says, you know, I love you, do something like this or allow something like that? Or is it a, a deeper level again of how can God let this happen full stop? There was both those questions plus many others. Um, and when people were talking to me, they would first of all say, hey, look, um, Rev, I'm not religious. And I would turn around and say, well, I'm not either. I'm Christian. <laughs> and and there's a difference there. Uh, and then they would um, say, why did this happen? And so at times we... We actually say to them, there is no way, it was an accident. It just happened. And um, as we will be aware of later on in the year, after the investigation, et cetera, and the coronial uh, reports, we'll find out actually how it happened. But just by enabling people to listen to vent, there are times we don't have all the answers. And it's an encouragement not only to me, but to other chaplains and others in ministry to actually go away and to reflect upon the questions that we are given. And it was very hard to actually answer that, why did that happen to such a good bloke? Mm. Do you find resistance to the fact that you know, you're the person that they've been sought out to, to talk to, that you're a, you're a church minister, you're a God-botherer? Do you find resistance to the, the God issues a lot? No, um, I get called quite a number of uh, interesting names from the Rev to the chaplain to uh, Sky Pilot, Padre, uh, God Bother. But um, they're names that are bandied around the whole community. And I just see myself as bringing Christ's presence into the situation. And it's a privileged position to be in. The fact that people will actually come to you. I don't seek them out. I, when I'm meeting with paramedics, tend to loiter with intent, as they say, and I just am available. And then the, the paramedics will come to me and say, oh, look, uh, Glenn, I've got something to ask you. And I go, go ahead. And we spend time uh, listening to them at the time. Glenn, one of the things that uh, prompted me to find out more about the way that emergency services chaplains work was uh, watching the recent television documentary Recruits Paramedics, where one episode actually detailed very quickly, (laughs) it was like a blink and you could miss it, but one of the senior chaplains at the Ambulance Training College was actually doing a session with the new recruits as part of their training on experiencing and witnessing grief. What ways does the chaplain get involved in the actual formation of a paramedic? As part of their training, the senior chaplain goes into the education centre and does a couple of sessions on death and dying, stress, bereavement, and they, they actually take notes. And they're being told that this is some of the things that you, or these are the things that you will encounter as you go through your your ministry of being a paramedic. And so the role uh, then is sharing one some of the things that you're, you'll see, that you'll deal with, how to work with families, particularly over deceased situa- situation, and, and how then, how do you cope with all of that? 
And so it's all part of that. Uh, it's an integral part of the, the training that the paramedics receive. They also receive uh, some other mental health um, advice as well as part of their training. Glenn, what can we as uh, Christians right across Australia do, not only for the ambulance paramedics and their chaplains, but for chaplains, especially within the emergency services right across the nation? Is there something we can do to assist your work? One of the first things I always think of is, is pray for us. As we, as part of our team, work with the paramedics, the staff, the patients, the police service here in New South Wales, they have 105 chaplains. The uh, fire and rescue have chaplains. The SES have chaplains. There's a whole team of chaplains that are dedicated to the emergency services. And I would encourage congregations to find out who they are and actually to invite them to come along and just share their experiences so one that they could be uh, supporting them in prayer and encouraging them in their ministry. Mm. Well, uh, Glenn, you've given me a great idea for something I can do within my own congregation, and I'm sure many others are thinking, yeah, I may just know someone who could come and talk to us about that. Reverend Glenn Renton, uh, an ambulance paramedic in New South Wales, thank you very much for, I guess, uh, exploring a little bit of your role with us here on 2020. Um, Matt, let me just uh, say it's ambulance chaplain. I'm not a paramedic. Um, I am a minister of the word. And, and my my gift to the community in my mission and ministry is to share the chaplaincy role, not only with the other chaplains, but also with the staff. So uh, I um, I leave the what they call the blood and guts to the paramedics. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, 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 I'm there for them and support them and encourage them uh, in their work, and they all the emergency services uh, do a wonderful job in looking after the community. In fact, uh, just two days ago, we were involved in the Granville Rail Disaster Memorial Service, and we placed candles on behalf of the emergency service workers who assisted on that day. And it's just one of the things that we can do representing each of the emergency services. Mm. And we get called on to do that a bit. Oh. Well, many blessings to you, Glenn, Thank and, you, and the rest of the, the team of chaplains that look after our emergency services nationwide, and may God continue to, I guess, comfort you and minister to you as you minister to others. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, and thank you very much for the time that you've given me uh, today just to briefly uh, share about the work of uh, and the role of the chaplains. You know, as we as we share, we... Uh, we know that we carry the prayers and thoughts of those from each of the Christian communities around, right around Australia. And uh, it would be good just to know that we have that support as we go out and do that work. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.